and welcome to Knobgahat Games Dungeons of the Obelisk podcast. I'm your host, Joe Sleppy, and I'm joined today by Ben Segus. Hello. And Nike Deer. Hi. And today, finally on the podcast, making his podcast debut, we have Cal Molar. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. And now that we've got you on here, we get to hit you with the big introduction that I made everyone else do on their first time. So we got your name. We'd like to hear where you're from, your job at Knobcat, um, any other stuff you do. You know, we all had things we promote and do on the side. So I don't know if there's anything like that for you. And then, of course, the, the notorious random fact. All right. So, um, hey, I'm Kel. I'm a game developer from Toronto, Canada, but I'm currently living the digital nomad lifestyle with my fiance, who's a painter, and she also works in games as a background and character artist. We've been all over the place. I've worked for studios in San Francisco, Dubai, Estonia, Australia, and now we're currently in Manila, Philippines, which is why I'm not on these podcasts often, actually, since it's usually 4 a.m. for me when you guys do this. Is that what time um, it is right now? Right now it's actually uh, 5 a.m. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. It's totally all right. Um, I am what's known in the industry as a generalist game developer. That means I get to wear a lot of hats and I'm required to know a lot of things and how to make uh, them work from animation, VFX, 3D modeling, audio production, programming, even accounting, basically everything related to running an animation um, in advertise, uh, advertising or a game development studio. So I'm like a one-man band. Uh, I've been <laughs> making games since I was 11 or 12 years old, and I've worked on way too many projects for a lot of companies and studios since. Here at Knobcat, I'm a programmer, and I bring Joe's designs to life. It's actually funny how I ended up here. I started um, in the industry making actual games, you know, in the traditional sense. I used to make games with my friends, like uh, uh, here at Knobcat. And, um, but for the better part of the last five years, I've specialized, specialized in making training games for corporations and educational games for schools. So I don't know how it happened exactly, but I became the go-to guy for like, companies that wanted to spice up their employee training programs a bit. So they bring me in to make video games, like interactive apps that te either teach new employees what these companies are about or basically drop them into a simulation of what is essentially a real world on the job problem. And I get a lot of referrals. So my portfolio is all over, all over the place. For example, I've worked on a game for a solar power company, a home insurance company that deals with water damage, and uh, even a forensics company that trains people who eventually end up working for the FBI. So it's like all referrals. Oh, wow. So um, two months ago, I had, I had a moment where I kind of took a look at where I'm at and what I've been doing and felt like my career had taken a different direction, much different than what I expected. So I felt like I was uh, creatively starved and I started looking around for diff uh, for diff something different. That's when I saw Joe's job ad and what really drew me in was the fact that you guys are a small new group working on a game in a, a genre and a medium that I was actually interested in. And I felt like 
something like Knobcat um, was an opportunity for me to like uh, help a small group to establish a culture and you know like help a studio to find its voice. So two months later, here we are. <laughs> That's a lot of wow. <laughs> Some of That's that awesome. stuff I, I don't even know if I quite knew. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. all that. You're definitely <laughs> the the experienced guy on the team. Um, it's been like kind of a a godsend for us, really. Like uh, I'm wondering like how things could have gone differently if if you hadn't answered the the ad. You know, I don't like to think about it. Uh, that's actually my random fact. So um, my random fact is actually still related to uh, this job in Knobcat. After my f- uh, first interview with you, uh, you sent me the game design document and it, I took a look at it. And it's funny, I'm not sure if you remember this, but I did turn you down or at least at least I implied that I wasn't the right person for the job. So <laughs> I tried really hard to get you to go with someone else. Because as I was reading the document, I thought, um, damn, this game is going to need someone who can really sink their teeth in, right? It can't have someone go halfway. Otherwise, it won't get done. So I, I felt like um, with what I had on my plate, I, I wasn't sure if I was the right person you know, for that. So uh, I told you I was going to sleep on it. But I actually already decided that I wasn't going gonna to take the job. So uh, when I got, got off the uh, call with you, I spoke to my fiance and I told her like, oh, I'm not going to take that job. Like um, the guy is working on his passion project. He's funding it himself. He's really into it. You know, he, he even has this YouTube channel where he plays this other game he likes that's similar to it. He plays it almost religi- religiously, you know, but um, uh, he, he knows he can do a better job. He can make a better game. But so I'm not sure if I want that kind of pressure. That's what I said. And then she <laughs> said, uh, isn't that what you're looking for anyway? And you're getting tired of these corporate games. You're practically sleepwalking your way through the deadlines. So like, why? She said, why, right? So I'm like, huh, yeah, that gave me something to think about. <laughs> and um, so I thought, I thought about it and I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this anyway, I, I might as well do it with, or I, I wanted to do it with someone who really wanted to make this game. You know, like I wanted um, a team that, like that's really passionate about making this game so it had to be worth my time and it had to be worth everyone's time right so i went ahead and told you like the day after like okay let's do it right so that's my random fact i almost uh turned down this job basically (laughs) (laughs) nice well thank thank goodness for your fiance (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool actually like it's cool that you you gave it a, a very honest and serious consideration and then was like you know still kind of had to go back and think about it i that's important i think before starting any project yeah yeah i mean i guess to get more like behind the scenes too like i i did some interviews and i was like this is the guy like i i don't want to do any more interviews this this guy's perfect for this he seems passionate about it and everything and then i did the second interview with you and you were like kind of turning me down and i was like but you were turning it down for the reason that you thought you couldn't do it good enough and i was like no that's a that's a reason why you should be the person doing it is that you care enough to turn it down because you think you can't do it good enough 
I don't know if that logic makes sense or not, but that's that was my thought on it. I was like, I remember trying to convince you, and then I was like, well, go ahead and sleep on it. And then the next morning, I got your acceptance, I guess. So it's kind of it's neat to see that behind the scenes on that. Yeah, because like I told you, right? Like I I still have my full time jobs or uh, a couple of them actually. So. Yeah after reading the MVP document I, I, I thought like s- someone needed to work on it more you know like someone who had uh, more availability who would be more available and I, I wasn't sure if I could promise that so uh, that was the logic behind it so yeah but here we are right <laughs> yeah I think it works out good because I still have my full-time job and, and everybody else you know Ben mm-hmm. and Nika have commissions and things that they also work on so it's it's kind of not full time for any of us, I guess, but we're putting a lot of time into it too. So, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're all in the same boat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like we keep saying this. I, I keep like trying to remind people that games take a really long time to do and that they shouldn't expect anything other than you know updates and things like that from us for for a long time but at the same time i feel like we've made great prod progress and we're you know we're on prototype three and it has loot now and and uh you know all the items are kind of in the game even if they don't do stuff yet and uh you know prototype three is pretty uh pretty great like i've been playing it for I, I wish it had a counter for how many hours I've been on it because I, I think I'm like it I have to be at 10 hours at least on this like prototype <laughs> no way I don't think uh, there's enough content for that <laughs> I keep crazy. like running it over and over because like I keep here's what I keep doing I keep coming I keep thinking like oh, I'm off work right now I've got a couple vacation days I want to play some kind of game and then I come in and I'm like I don't I don't have the brain power for Slay the Spire right now and I don't want to play Diablo again because like I've done everything in that and you know Blizzard's weird and stuff and then I'm like I have this Grim Dawn game that I bought but I I don't feel like trying to figure out all the systems in that game and then I'm like well I can see what other work I can do on our prototype and then I like get in and find something that that should have been tweaked or you know grab a different main hand item and see how the attacks work and it's i don't know i feel like if i'm not putting the time in playing it then no one else is going to gonna do it for me you know yeah yeah i get where you're coming from but uh i i think it'll be much better later right like later oh for uh, sure after after a couple more milestones (laughs) yeah every time every time it gets better and better and there's more and more to talk about and more and more to like work on and you know every time more bugs get in there and you know i have to find those and let you know about them i'm excited to put in um more of the art and animation that uh, naika and ben are working on Especially for the character animator, because uh, it's so bare right now. Um, I want to know what your guys' thoughts were when you played it. Obviously, you weren't in there as long as I was, but you know, Nike and Ben, what did you think? Prototype three. 
Um, I'm really enjoying it. I've ran through the dungeon a few times now, and uh, the balancing for level one was pretty cool. I, of course, like we were talking about, the balancing gets a little wild after level one, so still some work to be done there, but it's just amazing seeing it all together, like seeing it with some animation and all the great art that Ben's made and the lighting and just all the good work like Kel's put into it. It's just kind of been amazing. And even the number stuff, like you don't really see the stats. I mean, you do see the stats in the menu, but like you, you it kind of goes to the back of your head sometimes when you're playing. And But in in terms of game feel, I feel like it, it translates pretty directly to how how the uh, pacing in the first dungeon feels, and I was really impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm liking it so far. It's coming out really neat. Yeah, I'm definitely kind of on the, the same page as Nika, because, like, I mean, I'm definitely not a numbers person at all, so that part of me just, or part of the game just kind of goes over my head, but I'm just basing it all on, on feel at this point, and it, it feels good. Like, everything just feels smooth and all of it makes sense to me so far <laughs> so i mean i haven't played it a super lot either i've, I've played a, a few run throughs but like yeah everything i mean part of it is just being so impressed with how everything has been put together so quickly so it, <laughs> it's just kind of like blowing my mind as i play it but yeah it's just it just feels good so far <laughs> It's one of those things like where we just have dungeon level one. So in my mind, I don't think a player is going to play level one more than one time. You know, they're they're going to go straight to level two. And then, you know, like dungeon level one is kind of a playground where you get in there and get a couple pieces of loot and and learn how the game works. And then you move on to like the tougher stuff. So like we've probably spent more time in it than than like any player actually will for level one but it's pretty neat like you you all mentioned the numbers and i feel like my guesses for the numbers in my head were all pretty close except for the weapon attacks they were all like about like 90 percent weaker than they should have been <laughs> yeah i don't know how you just like pull the numbers out like like i said the numbers go way above my head so like the fact that you've gotten it pretty well balanced thus far is blowing my mind so <laughs> yeah it's i don't know like for some reason that's how my brain works is i'm just like okay well if i give them this stat then you have to like balance everything around it so it's like if you can do this much damage how strong does the mob need to be and if you have this much health how much damage does the mob have to do i don't know i just like i'm always for some reason like i guess that's why i play games like this is to crunch numbers awesome that's cool yeah i yeah. i was been doing like a bunch of different builds like i tried to do an entirely strength build which is a, I was actually able to do because the karma is bugged right now, so you have way more karma than you should. So, so you don't need to stack karma to be able to cast your uh, tougher attacks. 
So um, I was able to just go all strength and I was like running around the dungeon a bunch of times trying to drop an item like I needed like a body or something that had strength on it. So like then when that finally drops, it's like, oh man, I finally got it. So like, I think that's gonna be, you know, that's the feeling you want is when you finally get that cool piece of loot that, that drops. So I'm excited to, for people to eventually be able to do that. Mm-hmm. For sure. I also had to name every piece of loot in the game. Yeah, we should, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> spoil all the names right too early but like we should probably talk about some of those because there's some really good ones in there yeah i was curious if you got if anything stood out to any of you yeah i was uh well when i was playing i ended up on the the faith's gold long sword i thought that was cool but that but that's pretty like you know that's a long sword that's cool that's gold but then you have things yeah that's the fabled tutorial sword but then you've got like canopic jar, hackenide pants, Victoria foot guards. Like the naming's great in this, honestly. Blade <laughs> <laughs> of the end. Oh no, I'm leaking things. I should probably shut up. <laughs> some of them, like there, there is like little things behind some of them. Like like a canopic jar is just that one's not really like named after anything other than like a canopic jar is like what they take all of the gross stuff out in Egypt like when they're making a mummy oh, they take yeah. all of the disgusting stuff out and put it in the in the jar and then like seal it up so that's like what that's what that is <laughs> gotcha I, I wasn't actually sure like I ended up looking up canoptic and was like is this what this means I think mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of the names though are like really interesting like you have this one that starts with remorse and it's like allegiance of the it's like a whole thing and that just feels like there's like potential lore implications or plot implications there it's kind of why i hesitate to say it completely out loud but now all of the stuff is kind of like tentatively lore you know mm -hmm. our game's not super lore heavy but you know there's i've placed a few things in some of these items that our world building you know like uh, i think that the player can kind of take a lot of them and and you know build what what they think it is and and stuff there's not really answers for everything but i think dropping little things like that is is how you build an interesting like world to play in for sure for sure like just adding more like lived in and feel to it is really important <laughs> and also i had to name all of the like crappy items just like things like doll sword and, and stuff like that and i just like drank a monster and stayed up late and just like <laughs> thought of all these names and in, in like basically one night really you know a lot of them i had but all the all the like lower level stuff i just had to like knock out i was like i gotta do all this you know the legendary ones are fun to name because they all have something cool that they do but like you know your trash sword that no one's ever going to use in the game is like what do you call that <laughs> <laughs> yeah the best sword in the game is literally the title we'll just call it that and then they'll never want to unequip it even though it obviously isn't as good and they're like but it's gotta be the best right it says so <laughs> you got some interesting references in there as well like uh barsoom from john carter yeah 
here's how my mind worked on that. There's another game that I play with that we don't name on the on the podcast, and their buffs are all all called. They they all have a word. I'm I'm trying not to give away. I don't want to talk about the other game, <laughs> but uh, I looked up like I was like, what? Why is their buff called this? And I looked it up, and it was based on like a Pulp Fiction novel from like that like era of when John Carter was written, and I think it might be like a straight up knockoff of like John Carter. Basically, you know, the the planet that they live on was basically the name of their buff. And I was like, well, screw it. I like John Carter. I'm just going to name our buffs are all going to be called like the main ones Barsoom and then they're all just going to be named something Soom. <laughs> I love that. I'm always curious like what people are going to pick up on, like what references people will actually get. I was super surprised whenever you got the, the Barsoom reference. I've actually never met anyone in real life who's read John Carter. Or or even seen the movie, actually, which is funny. (laughs) I've I've at least seen the movie, but I haven't read it yet, sadly. (laughs) Yeah, I, um, my story about John Carter books is, um, since I'll never have anywhere else to tell this, I guess, um, I had, my dad has all of them. He, like, read them when he was a kid, and he gave me all of the books. I think there's nine of them. And I was reading them, and the cover art for these books is, like, really, like, like part of the story is that, you know, he shows up on Barsoom, which is Mars, and he's, like, naked. And then all the aliens basically wear, like, S&M harnesses and stuff. So, like, that's what's on the cover of the book is, like, John Carter, like, naked. So book four is called The Princess of Mars, and it's basically, like, a naked woman on the cover of the book with, like, a alien lion and I like didn't really think anything of it and I was reading these books and I was like in school and someone stole the book from me in school and I know it's because it had that naked woman on the cover of it so some shitty high school kid and from my high school was took my book and who knows what with it oh shit so I read John Carter up until halfway through Princess of Mars and then someone stole my book and then I didn't actually get that book back. I, I could never find one because after that print run, they changed the covers and then um, for obviously re- obvious reasons, I guess. And then uh, I couldn't find that actual same copy of the book for a long time until like I actually every one like about once or twice a year, I'd like search it up and be like trying to find that book and then I finally got it this year so I have my collection is complete again so I could probably start rereading that is that far enough off topic for a podcast (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's a cool story Um, at least (laughs) yeah for sure hopefully um yeah we had a few more things in the notes um that I wanted to to bug Kel about you know kind of getting some behind the scenes on programming and you know taking my ideas and making them real but I'm looking at our clock right now and we're at 26 minutes so I don't think we have time to get into all of that so let's save some of that stuff for the next time Kel's on the on the show and let's get into the what are you working on right now (laughs) mine's pretty boring I updated our site today 
I've put got our logo on it, updated some of the text, put the Discord up front so people can actually find it. So, so that was my what am I working on. So what, what's everybody else into? I guess I'll go next. Um, I'm just working on mobs right now, so lots of fun creature drawings. <laughs> right on. We definitely need more mobs in the game, so yeah, I'm excited definitely. for these. <laughs> Nico, what are you into? <laughs> well, um, I'm actually giving the uh, default glub enemy, the slime you see on the uh, on the website, and unlike a lot of the promotional material, I'm uh, I'm building the animations for that. So I've already made. A uh, idle animation, and I've made uh, a death animation because I thought that would probably be a really fun one to start with, and it really was. But uh, uh, we still have movement, uh, an attack animation. There might be a couple more. Let me see. A taking damage animation as well. Yeah, so this week I'm just going to be finishing those out. Like, uh, Ben's got a few more mobs he's been working on, as he said, so I'm really looking forward to uh, starting on those after this uh, glove. But right now it's just it's just fleshing out the glove, really. Right on. You'll have to share those in the Discord when before the episode comes out. For sure, for sure. We've got our promotional frame now, so <laughs> we can share oh, some yeah. of those. Um, <laughs> Kel, I think you're in the in-between things right now. You're not... Yeah, right. So I'm about to start the next milestone, and it's mostly about um, cleaning up and tweaking because the game is at a good place right now because we blitzed through these first few months, and we finished a lot of important features that all add up to make it feel like a game, but it's still very much a prototype. So now it's time to slow down a bit and clean things up so it's mostly fixing bugs um, getting the existing subsystems right before adding on more new things yeah and we we talked about them for like three hours on friday that's yeah. why the podcast <laughs> is late <laughs> awesome well i can't wait till prototype four when do we start naming them like 3.2 3.4.01 and stuff like that I'm actually not sure. I'm just, you know, like keeping it simple right now. One, two, three. <laughs> when you start adding like, like point two, point twenty-five or something, and it gets too complicated. I always wondered how people came up, like how like other companies came up with their like build numbers and stuff. There's got to be systems to it, right? Yeah, it's usually um, there are no set rules. You know, like every studio or company does it differently but if it's like a point one uh version it's usually just a small small like um whatever like a small feature or a small fix to something so usually the big numbers like 1.0 or like 2.0 are reserved for like major major updates right on i think that's it we're over 30 minutes now till i edit this down and i hate editing so I'm cutting it right now. Guys, <laughs> if you're still listening to this, thank you so much. Um, be sure to check out our Discord. Go to knobcat.com. There's a link to the Discord. There's my Saturday blog where I update you on what we're working on. There's uh, links to our videos, uh, the videos of the prototypes that I've made in, on YouTube. Um, all of that, all of your Dungeons of the Obelisk needs at knobcat.com. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter 
um, Dungeons Obelisk on those. And the more people that start following me on there, the more I'll be inclined to post. Um, I think that's it for the podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.